From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales. I'm your host, Adam Schick. What happens in Vegas may stay in Vegas, but the Gators are at least hoping there's a carve-out in the rules allowing them to bring home the trophy from the Las Vegas Bowl. On today's show, we'll take a deep dive into the Florida-Oregon State matchup with the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, breaking down what it means to the program's immediate future, how different the team will look relative to the regular season, the debut of quarterback Jack Miller, young players emerging from the depth chart to keep an eye on, the strengths of the Beavers, and remembering Mike Leach in the PAT. Then, tight end Jonathan Odom joins us to talk about carrying on his family's legacy at UF, the close-knit brotherhood formed by the 2022 squad, and what he's most looking forward to in Vegas. But first, it's time for the Gator Roundtable, presented by Pet Paradise. Pet Paradise is your complete pet healthcare destination with resort-style day camp, overnight boarding, professional grooming, and compassionate veterinary care from New Day, all located under one roof to serve pet fanatics like you. Book today at PetParadise.com, the official pet care provider of the Florida Gators. It is time for our Gator Roundtable, although the table is a... Uh, it's a little small this week. It is just myself and the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly. But we do have a lot to discuss when it comes to the Las Vegas Bowl. So let's kick this off, Sean. I guess first question, which I think most of what Gator Nation is asking and, and trying to figure out when it comes to this game, what does this mean for Florida at this moment in time, at this juncture, in this stage of Billy Napier's tenure following year one? What is the opportunity here for the Gators? Well, I think, you know, just from the base, it's a chance to have a winning record in the season. This one counts toward your your season total, and it's a chance to end this season on the right note with a good taste in your mouth heading into the offseason. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it doesn't feel like a, you know, rewarding way to end the season, a 6-6 six and six campaign. But let's not forget that in a lot of cases here for the Gators, this is the last chance for – many to play their last college football game. And it's also a chance for others to also leave one last impression here for a coaching staff that will be evaluating this entire roster top to bottom uh, with the addition of the new pieces coming, you know, heading into the spring program. I feel like it's probably a hard question to answer, um, but what do you expect this to look like? Because Given all the attrition at obviously some key positions, guys leaving for the draft, guys that entered the transfer portal, um, you know, in a lot of ways, this seems like it may not even look like the 2022 team, yet it is the official capper for the 2022 season. So I guess from a from a, a high-level perspective, what should fans expect this to look like? What will this team look like? Is it going to be just a one-off, one-night-only squad, or what resemble maybe more of what we've seen than people think? I think in a lot of ways, it's not going to look as drastically different as you think. Obviously, the quarterback position is jarring in that we haven't seen Jack Miller take one single snap as a Gator. But the more I look at my game prep, and the lineup that Billy Napier is going to run out there, 
most all these faces are going to be quite familiar. In fact, you'll get some of the receivers back that you were missing against Florida State. That's number one. Um, Arliss Boardingham is the guy that we've been kind of waiting to see. I think that he'll have significant contributions on Saturday at the hybrid tight end wide receiver position. But the secondary and the defensive front, the offensive line minus one, all those names will be familiar. I think that maybe higher snap counts will be needed by some of these guys because the backups are a little less known uh, or a little less experienced. But really, for the most part, we're talking about the two running backs that have carried the load, the receivers, as I mentioned, and then a defensive secondary uh, you know, that has played just about the majority of the snaps during the regular season, back-ended by Torrance and Trey Dean, who ended up leading the team in tackles during the regular season. Obviously, no Anthony Richardson, no Ventro Miller. Those things will stick out a little bit. But for the most part, I'm not so sure this is a reboot or a one-night-only type thing, as you referenced, which I kind of like the idea of that. But I'm, I'm going to debunk it a little bit in, in the ways that I just described. Man, it seems like no matter what happens, we always come back to the quarterback position. Uh, I guess it's not unique to Florida. It's most schools in, in football, whether college or the pros, you are defined by your quarterback play. And Florida's going to see Jack Miller for the first time. Obviously, highly touted guy when he transferred from Ohio State, but we have not seen him take a single snap. So what are your expectations based on what you've seen, uh, any, you know, any looks you've had in practice? What will Jack Miller do with this offense? What's it going to look like with him under center? Yeah, I'm not sure, so sure I've got a great answer for you. Um, I don't know a whole lot. Most, you know, same for most Gator fans. I just know that when I watched him early on in camp before the broken thumb, I, I remember noting to myself that he throws a really pretty ball. doesn't have the same velocity or distance that Anthony Richardson can dial up, but his touch and accuracy are awfully impressive. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how much in rhythm he is with these wide receivers. Uh and he won't run quite like Anthony Richardson did. Nobody does. But the, the package of plays or the repertoire that Billy Napier has laid out for this game, I think will look rather familiar. And they'll run the Gators offense as we've come to know under Billy Napier. And we'll see how he does when, you know, live bullets get going. This is a guy that played minimally in, in one season at Ohio State. But it's easy to forget maybe that he's not too far from removed from two big-time Arizona State high school records. Uh, he was a highly touted prospect, and who knows what the future was for him at Ohio State. He was playing behind uh, C.J. Stroud there, who ended up being all Big Ten. So um, I, I, I think in a lot of ways there will be some mistakes. There will be some rhythm uh, things, but at, at the same time, I think we'll turn our head on occasion too. When you have a disappointing season uh, in terms of wins and losses and you end up in a a bowl game like this that's a lot earlier in the calendar than you'd like it to be in terms of prestige, in terms of the uh, the eyeballs that it gets. Um, a lot of people end up viewing these as sort of springboards to the next season. So it's less about, you know, the last the last opportunity for these guys and more about who's going to step up here that we're going to be excited about next year. Who's the future and does that future start this weekend? So when it comes to that, who are some of the players you're going to have your eye on you think that fans should maybe be looking out for as players to watch this weekend because they're going to be guys to watch next year? I think defensively, you know, can Wingo finally make a mark, a highly touted linebacker um, who has a chance here to be not just a playmaker, but in the leadership role for one day. 
uh, this Saturday. I think that a guy like Arliss Boardingham that we talked about, who I, I think they're kind of looking at maybe being not Kyle Pitts, nobody is, but kind of that hybrid type position. Athletically, he's freakish. I know Napier is high on him and what that can mean. And, uh, and so that's another name that you know kind of stands out. And then certainly a couple of the young wide receivers, too. Uh, Jaquavion Frazier's is back from injury. I think he factors in. Uh, you know, Caleb Douglas has been on the come here a little bit. A chance for him to shine. Uh, you know, a young player like Khalil Jackson, too, I think factors into the rotation at wide receiver this week as well. And, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not so sure I'm ready to anoint the next Osiris Torrance or Richard Garage, but perhaps – there is an offensive lineman that will get more reps this time around and show continued improvement, much like Austin Barber did during the regular season. Speaking of Osiris Torrance, uh, incredible honors coming in for him. A consensus first-team All-American, the first Gator offensive lineman to earn that distinction uh, since 1995, which is pretty incredible. You think about Florida has won three national championships in the time since they last had an offensive lineman, a consensus first-team All-American. So I, I'd like to not just talk about Osiris Torrance and, and this accomplishment for him, but bigger picture, again, putting it in context, this is a guy that Billy Napier brought to Louisiana and then he brought him to Florida. And when you talk about the development and the ability to find players and mold them into great, great players, like clearly Osiris Torrance is, how important is that for the future of what Gator fans are expecting him to do with the talent he brings to Gainesville? Yeah, just, you know, Congratulations to Osiris, you know, not only just an Amer- All-American, but a consensus All-American, one that didn't allow a sack in his entire college career, didn't commit a penalty. I mean, that's remarkable. Pro football focus had him graded out as the best offensive guard in the country, basically for the entire season. So the, the amount of uh, bouquets being thrown his way are rightfully deserved and, uh, and speak to him as a football player and what he'll be at the next level. I mean, he's going to have a long career, I think, in the NFL. As far as Napier goes, I, I think it speaks to – it's just another example of his ability to find talent and, and not just evaluate talent, but recognize talent that can be developed into something more than perhaps folks saw coming out of high school. Um, you, look, you can't – you can't develop size. You can't in some ways weight room, strength and conditioning program. But just looking at the intangibles there for a guy like him, Napier to recognize that brings him from Louisiana to a power five. And all he does is excel at the, at the next jump in his career, too. So um, I, I think it allows us to have some faith in what future recruits will look like under Billy Napier at certain key positions. We've really buried the lead here when it comes to the game itself and the opponent. This is an Oregon State team that's had a really, really good season. Uh, and they're excited to be in this game, whereas I think a lot of Gator fans are, are not clearly in that mindset. But what, let's talk about the Beavers. What are your expectations for what they'll look like? I know a lot of fans haven't had a chance to see them. They're not on TV a lot to begin with, and they obviously play on the West Coast. So somewhat of an enigma to most SEC fans. Uh, what have you seen from them in your preparation? Well, it's a team that has really no question marks coming into the game, whereas the Gators obviously have a good number. Um, it's a team that has really come to its own under Coach Smith in that this is now his fifth season, just got a big contract extension 
former player in their program, probably a lifer at Oregon State. And they've gone from dreadful to respectful during his time there. And some of that has to do with key transfers, um, some of which early on in his tenure were required still at that point to sit out of here, uh, but then to stay and develop. It's a veteran-laden team that just – they do what they do well. It's nothing flashy. In fact, probably if you're a fan of running the football, you're going to get it from both sides on Saturday afternoon. Their point differential is very healthy as opposed to what it was when he first got a hold of that program. They're relatively healthy. A couple bang-ups here and there, a veteran DB, an offensive lineman. But for the most part, they've settled in for the last seven games of the season – and they won six of the last seven, including a comeback win against their arch rival in Oregon. Uh, the running back who leads a, a, a room that will rotate a little bit uh, has an active streak going now of six straight games of 100 yards. And so they, they lean on him hard, and they're not afraid to go entire drives without throwing the football. They're careful with it. They do a lot of things just the right way. And they're playing with confidence right now, and their motivation's high. Uh, they see the Las Vegas Bowl as a perfect cap to their season, a chance for them to go 10 wins or more for just the third time in program history. And, man, would they love to slap a Southeastern Conference skin up against the wall when they take on Florida. Before we wrap this uh, on the Las Vegas Bowl, can we just make a note? I mean, I would love to go to the Las Vegas Bowl. There's a lot of really lame places you can go for a bowl game early in the calendar. Uh, this might be the best place you can go in terms of a fun, exciting week to be a part of uh, and, and to go compete. I wouldn't be complaining if I was on the, the team plane out to the desert. No, and it's interesting because it's the second furthest game that Florida's ever traveled in football. Um, you're playing against the Pac-12 team. Uh, you know, funny that it's the second time of the season, but what I like about bowl games is you get matchups like this where you're going to play a team that you normally would never see regular season or otherwise. And so it's going to be a great experience for a head coach who's never been to the city of Las Vegas, a number of Gators players who have never been there. And I think it's an attractive enough bowl game. And on the right day uh, in that, you'll get a decent national audience to watch you as well. That's good for fans. That's good for recruiting too. And so we'll play enough games in the state of Florida coming up regular season and postseason. So why not? step out of the box here a little bit and play one of these unique ones like this. Moving on to our PAT, obviously the the college football world has been mourning the loss of Mike Leach, not just uh, an incredible football coach, but uh, just a guy that that made the game fun in an era where so many coaches just give you coach speak and they're not going to push things. They're not going to make it interesting. They're going to toe the line. Mike Leach was as unpredictable uh, as anyone you would have ever seen in the game. A really rare breed at this point. Uh, and I'm not sure if, if you've had a, a chance to, to interact with him at all over your years calling games. I know a lot of us have heard some of the crazy stories out there. But just your, your thoughts on the, the loss of, of Mike Leach and, and what it means for college football. I think that the college football world is rightfully mourning the loss of Mike Leach. who seemingly did things a lot the right way and had a tremendous impact on not only young men who have played for him, but in the coaching ranks as well. His coaching tree is far and wide now. And he comes off of an interesting tree in, in that Hal Mummy is really his mentor and, and his inspiration for the style of 
coaching and the type of offense that he runs. He, he turned out to be a genius when it came to running college football offenses. And he came from a tradition, a non-traditional background. I mean, never played college football, studied otherwise in college, but yet found the, a love of the game and, and soaked in everything he could about football around him before he himself became really a, a major player in the sport itself. And no, he never won a national championship. Did he, did he rise to a position at one of the blue blood traditional college football programs? No, but in three different stops in the power five, he found his way to the postseason way more often than not double digit wins on numerous occasions. And you, the word you said earlier, character, we need characters in the sport of college football. Sometimes we remember the characters more than we do plays or even games. And certainly he was as good of a character in the story of college football during his time with us as anyone else. So the stories will be told for a long time to come. Uh, and certainly the impacts of losing him, but also the what he left us will stay with us also for decades still to be, uh, I guess, discovered. I mean, what characters do we even have left at this point? I, I mentioned they're a rare breed. Who else even fits that bill if, if it's not Mike Leach? Well, I think that some maybe would describe Lane Kiffin as a character in the game. Uh, Mac Brown, in his own way, is, is certainly a character in the overall story. Nick Saban can be uh, characterized in a number of different ways, everything from the goat to a villain in a lot of ways. And so we still have some left, and I and I, my hope is that we'll have more to come. No doubt the college football world will miss Mike Leach for a lot of reasons. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap it there. And, and a reminder to all fans, the Las Vegas Bowl is going to be earlier than it was initially supposed to be. It's 2.30 on Saturday afternoon, so that'll be an, an early kick out in the desert. It's 2.30 on Eastern time. Um, we encourage everybody to watch the game both on ABC and, of course, listen to Sean's call on the Gator Sports Network from Learfield. Uh, Sean, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next week. Okay. All right, Adam. Travel safe. When you become a professional athlete, you have very little control over where you start your career and what team you get to represent. But in college, the power is entirely yours, which is a gift to most but can be a burden to others, especially when deciding whether or not to continue a family legacy or chart your own course. For redshirt sophomore Jonathan Odom, his path didn't immediately lead him to Gainesville, but the orange and blue blood ultimately wouldn't be denied. Starting before I was born, both my parents went to Florida. Uh, my dad played football here, had some uh, some good success, to say the least. Uh, my mom played basketball here. That's how they met. Um, my dad ended up getting drafted to Tampa Bay, um, spent his entire career there, uh, retired there in Tampa. Well, he actually was a police officer for a little bit and had to medically retire for the uh, NFL. Um, and now he's on NFL disability uh, because some injuries that he's gotten from from his playing days caused him not to be able to work. And so that's how I kind of was born and raised in Tampa. Uh, all, all the schools I went to right in the heart of Tampa, Forest Hills area, went to high school at Jesuit. And then, um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. So, okay, I, I think I probably know the answer to this, but 
it sounds like your uh, your relationship with the Gators started very very early. I mean, were you, were you rocking like a Gator onesie right out of the right out of the gates? Yeah, I mean, a borderline really. I mean, I, there's pictures of me on the Gators field since I was on the practice field, and the old practice field, and and uh, on the in Ben Hill since I was you know two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I scored touchdowns on my dad in the same end zone that I scored in, against uh, South Carolina. Um, so there was a picture of that, which was pretty cool. I mean, since I really do bleed orange and blue, I mean, it was a dream of mine. And, you know, of course, things we thought were going to change. I, I didn't really know if, if Florida was the best fit for me going through the recruiting process. And just one thing led to another. And uh, I made the right decision. And here I met, here I am. Yeah. So and I want to get to that in a second, but in terms of uh, in terms of how you got started with football, um, was that also just very early on? Immediately, that was the game you gravitated to, or was it no. maybe come a Not little bit later? Not at all, actually. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even allowed to play tackle football until high school. So my first time I ever wow. playing football was ninth grade. Um, my dad did that because he thinks some of his injuries came from playing tackle football too young. And so he kept, I, I played flag football for as long as I can remember. But I actually, like, like uh, the coaches, like there was a rule. I played for this league called I-9 in Tampa. And uh, there was a rule where I was only allowed to play, like, a, like I couldn't play the full game. I could only play a certain amount of drives or I could only play a certain amount of quarters because they said it was unfair for the, the other kids. Um, so, <laughs> uh, that, that was That was something that. I grew up with, and I also had to grow up bringing my birth certificate around everywhere because I played travel baseball, and um, my, they would ask for my mom for my birth certificate before you know every other game, just because I I was a lot bigger than the kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't start playing football really competitively until ninth grade, and and um, even then, like I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, my main sport up until. You know, high school was baseball. I'd always play baseball, travel baseball. I mean, I really played everything. If I had a ball involved, I wanted to play basketball, volleyball, baseball, mm-hmm. tennis, golf. Like, I wanted to play it all. Um, and I still am that way. I love, like, going out and playing golf or shooting the basketball or even trying to play tennis. I'll, I'll play it. I don't care. But um, then kind of took a year off from baseball. did, like, a developmental league where I just practiced the whole time. And to be kind of honest – I really didn't like that. I mean, I love like doing it, but it was no games. It was a year of just practicing, like yeah. for for four or five days a week. And that's I kinda, not fun. Like, Who wants that? Right, I was like, I was like, you know, the reward is being able to play in the game. And so I kind of lost a little of my love for baseball during that year. And um, I took a year off going into going into uh, high school, and it was just basketball and basketball and football. So. Um, I just started playing those two and then I went to go back and play baseball again, but I, it just, my body was so beat up from all the other sports. I just, I couldn't really do it. Um, so I just stuck with basketball and football and I was just going to whatever took, I really, if I kept growing, cause you know, it's my freshman year, I was six, six. And wow. I was like, hopefully I'll stop growing. I really, I pretty much did stop growing right, right around that height. So, but if I kept growing, I was like, I'm just going to play basketball. I mean, <laughs> you know, six, I'll be a, a perfect power forward. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it did – I had some lingering injuries going. Like, I would have stress fractures in my feet because I'd literally go – because our team always made the playoffs, and we'd be, you know, two weeks into basketball season when the football season ends. So, it's, there's no break. It's right into basketball practice. Mm-hmm. And then every time I'm still in football, and I'm, I'm practicing with basketball and then going out to football practice. Mm-hmm. So, it was just a lot on my body. And then once my sophomore year came, and I had a pretty good sophomore year, um, and – 
It's, it's actually kind of crazy. It went exactly almost how my time right now here is going. I, you know, my freshman year, I didn't really play much in high school. And then my sophomore year, towards the end of it, um, I scored two touchdowns against our team rival and um, really just kind of took, it just kind of took off towards the end of my sophomore year. I started getting some recruiting uh, attention. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's talk, sit down and talk about this. We're going to my junior year. Like, really want to make a great decision, decided just to stick with football and, um, kind of from that point on. So you said that during recruiting, it wasn't always clear that it was going to work out for you being a Gator. What what was that process like? I mean, take us through it. I know you, you got a lot of, uh, of big time offers and I'm sure you had on one hand the pull of family and of legacy and of, you know, growing up a certain way, but that, you know, not everybody goes and, and plays for the team that they're a, a fan of their whole life because there's other factors that, that, you know, come into play. So, what what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, one thing I can really credit my family for is uh, they I no pressure at all to go to Florida. I mean, really, honestly, it was kind of reverse pressure. My dad didn't want me going and trying to like fill his shoes or anything. He wanted me to write my own legacy, be my own, be, have my own story. And so he was like, you know, we were they were, we were all kind of like they were. My entire family was kind of like, hey, like, you don't want to go to Florida, don't go to Florida. Like, you know, we'll always love Florida, but we'll go and put whatever, whatever colors you decide to go and play for on. Um, so there was zero pressure and, you know, just the recruiting process, man, it was weird. And, and um, I, at first I was like, ah, I don't really want to know if I want to go to Florida. Some of those things, like every time, like when I got my offer, like it was like legacy, da, 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 dad played here. It was not, didn't really feel like it was about me. So mm-hmm. I was kind of just like, eh, I don't really know about it. Uh, I ended up taking like I think it was like 25 unofficial visits. Uh, so wow, that's credit like all credit to my family, um, spending all that money on flights and you know going everywhere to Nebraska, Ohio State, you know all the uh, Alabama, Iowa, you know LSU multiple times. Like all the, I went all these visits, Purdue all the way to Purdue, and you know th- th- those weren't officials; those were all unofficials. And uh, before I started taking them because I was too young. And, um, you know, that came all out of my parents' pockets um, and, and one in helping to make me the right decision ultimately to end up two hours away. But, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, they, they just they really wanted me to, to make the right decision. I mean, I saw everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was getting ready to fly out to UCLA. Wow. Uh, so like uh, before I made the decision to go to Florida. But yeah, I, I really got the opportunity to see everything and talk to everybody and, you know, ultimately it came down to uh i really wanted to be close to home to my family and like somewhere i would like my everywhere i went even my family just said take football out of it you know because football can be taken away from you in an instant you know we you know god forbidding uh but it can and you know you want to be somewhere that you enjoy um outside of outside of football and you know just in general um and so I, I ended up choosing Florida and, you know, uh, first, you know, COVID year, it's just something that, you know, it, it was just crazy, but yeah, mm-hmm. I ended up, I ended up choosing Florida and that's kind of how the recruiting process went for me. But, you know, all credit to my family for letting me go and see everywhere that, you know, that offered me. Hmm. You mentioned earlier, you know, bringing things full circle in that South Carolina game, you score your first career touchdown in the end zone where there's, you know, pictures of you catching passes when you were like, a you know, just a tiny kid from your dad. Yeah. Um, what did that ultimately mean? Because I know you mentioned the, you know, the idea of legacy, the idea of family, that could be 
that could be kind of a, a hindrance to some people. That might be that might repel some people. I, I guess how did it all feel when it actually went down that way and it sort of did complete that loop? How did you feel? What did that do for your family and, and for you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like so my emotions kind of came out in the Texan game, even though I really didn't have anything in the receiving game, but just for the first time being, you know, back because I really I missed my senior year of high school or 99% of it because I had a torn labrum. Mm. And it's just been so long since I felt like going out there and getting to the groove of things. I mean, it's just it's a great feeling when you go out there and, you know, it's not just, you know, one or two plays and then you come out one or two plays and you come out. Right. I got really got to go in and get, you know, uh, get into the groove of the football. And it just felt like, man, I love because I love playing this game. And this is like I, I was back out there just like, you know, doing my thing. And I really loved it. And, you know, got to make a few, a few big time blocks um, in that game. And so after that game, that's when I kind of my my family made the trip out to Texas to watch the game. And I kind of embraced them. And we we kind of had our moment just like. It kind of coming full circle because of all you know. My my first two years here were just it was just rough, like anyone else, like anyone you know. You go through trials and tribulations, um, so that was kind of our full circle moment. And then the South Carolina game just made it sweeter. It was so much, you know, not so much better. I mean, I, I'm never going to be upset about scoring a touchdown, but you know, <laughs> back house in a night game in the swamp, all my family and friends are there. Um, you know, that was just you know, I was just. Super excited, you know, all the glory to God, just, you know, really just sticking through it and, you know, trying to keep my head down and and keep pushing uh, through through those trials and tribulations and, uh, you know, get to see my family out there. They told me that they had some shared some tears up there because they sit uh, in the Gator Club, um, you know, emotional. I, I was just having a good time. I was just in, enjoying it and taking it all in, just looking around at, you know, 90,000 people just packed out and and you know just really enjoying the night and we dominated south carolina that night and so all around you know just it was a great team win just a, it was just an amazing night you know through mm. and through. Yeah. so talking about the where you are now and, and kind of where the team is now it's interesting because when, when you talk about a coaching change right there's almost there's waves so there's the initial change happens and then there's guys that are going to buy in there's guys that aren't and you sort of go through that then you have the first year under the new coach and then after that, there's people that buy and there's people that don't. And as we talk right now, I mean, it's not a secret that a lot of guys have left the program now for various reasons. I'm curious, now that you've been through a full year of this system, of this change, what is it that, that you think is is sticking? Like the guys that are committed to being here now that have you know made it through all of these stretches, what is it that, that you're seeing and that you're buying into that bigger picture vision that is now going to be the bedrock for all of the, the recruits and the new guys that are going to come in and take a lot of those spots? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it takes a genius to, to know that the team's going to look a lot different next year, but um, that doesn't take any credit away from this team. I know our record may not show it, but um, this is the closest I've been with, with the guys on any team I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, Offense, defense, special teams. I mean, even the guys that have left, you know, we were, it was really a brotherhood. I mean, it, that's something that Napier came in and did an amazing job of. And, um, you know, I'll forever remember this team. It was, a, a, I had, you know, we had our ups and downs, you know, on the football field, but off of the football field, just as our relationships pertain to each other. I mean, it, it was, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, we we're guys hanging out all the time outside of football. I mean, it was turned into a real family. And I think that that's something that neighbors done a great job. And, you know, 
all the people who left, they have their reasons and we wish absolutely nothing but the best to them. And, you know, going forward, yeah, it's just, you know, especially in this bowl game, it's a next man up mentality. And I think that that's something our team has done a good job of. Um, you know, I mean, that's how I got my shot this year is just kind of be ready for your moment. And um, a lot of guys are going to get their opportunity and I'm really confident for for them and can't say enough about how those guys have been practicing um, in practice as of late and going into next year. I think that it's just a lot easier in year two. You know what, you know, your body knows what to expect. You know, you, you, you know what stage, you know, what stage you're in identity, you know, spring, right. you know, all, all that stuff. So um, it's, I think that, you know, and take this for example, like, you know, we're not going to be running around like chickens with our head cut off when we're trying to get lined up in base formations. I mean, we know, <laughs> we know everything now, you know, going for a year one, like everyone has no idea. It's like, it's like learning Spanish. Yeah. And so, so everyone, I think we're going to be able to really fine tune a lot of the things that we need to clean up. And, you know, if you look at our season, we're just a few plays from, you know, a few plays away in all the games that we lost. I mean, you know, it, we had a, we came into every game expecting that we could win, and we had you know we had the talent, and I think we're going to have the talent um, with who we have next year. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, with with the bowl game, one of the things with this team in particular and a new staff, uh, a lot of people talked about the importance of these practices in terms of getting all the young guys more reps, more opportunities. What have these bowl practices been like so far? Has it felt more like you know? this is building for the future or have they just been like, you know, practices a month ago? Has, has it felt different? Yeah, definitely. Um, so before right now we're in the game prep, so it's back to kind of normal. We're kind of back okay. to normal routine, but you know, for the past two weeks, ever since the regular season, and we've been in, um, you know, kind of like that bowl practice where a lot of the younger guys, um, taking the reps, you know, like me and Dante are taking, you know, two reps every you know, 16 plays and we, and we get to go coach the young guys up, um, you know, and kind of, you know, help coach Piegler and coach Ty and coach Max help those guys out with, you know, helping these younger guys learn the offense. Um, and I really enjoy that. I love, I love coaching. I love the, uh, the IQ part of the game. And I think that's something that can really give you a step up. And, um, I try and share that with the younger guys. And, uh, but yeah, for the most part, we're actually a hundred percent of um, those earlier practices in the bowl seat and bowl prep was a lot of the younger guys getting reps and, you know, the older guys kind of just rallying around them. And, you know, now actually on Sunday, what day is it? It's Monday. Yeah. Today's Monday. So I had to, th- I thought it was Tuesday for a second. So yeah, I'm all messed up because I usually, <laughs> like my days, I know what day it is based off of what we do. We're, we're doing right. like, I know right, what, right, like, right. Tuesday, like I know for having a Tuesday practice, that was Tuesday. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, um, we started on Sunday. We started our first, uh, you know, Oregon State prep uh, practice. Then back to normal, you know, back to the normal in-season things. And so still, still, you know, important for these younger guys to, to lock in because this is their time, you know, to to really un- start understanding the offense going into spring ball. And that's why I kind of told guys in our room, like, it, like this is the time for you, you know, last week, this is the time for you guys to take carry over into spring ball. Um when when things are ramped up a lot more, you're not gonna be a lot more reps. So take this seriously. Watch the film. Watch the comments that the coaches give you. Like this is a great time for you guys. Are you taking reps at quarterback? No, I'm just kidding. That's um, that's not. That's... <laughs> I, I told coach I told coach Napier after one of the bull practices. I said, Coach, watch this. And we were running some one on ones, and I was throwing like <laughs> O linemen going against linebackers, and, and you know. so I was I was the quarterback for that. So I was trying to I was I was pleading my case, but no. no. 
No, but, uh, you know, Jack is one of my good friends. I can't say enough about how he's worked. I mean, he's been in the facility day and night. Um, and I don't even really have to say too much about it. I think that uh, a lot of Gator fans and anyone who's not a Gator fan are all going to be surprised and pleasantly surprised. I think that, uh, you know, he likes that underdog mentality. Everyone's talking about bringing in another quarterback and all that stuff. And it's not, done nothing but uh, fuel a fire for him and uh, give him nothing but motivation. And uh, I think Jack's going to have a great game and I can't wait for it. Couple final things for you. Uh, have you been to Vegas before? Is this going to be your first time? Uh, this is going to be my first time. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, before we even scheduled the bowl game for my 21st birthday, which was in October, uh, my entire family is going out to Vegas. So before, before even, it was like, it was October 8th is when my birthday was. And that's, that's what we did decided for my birthday. Like wow. I, didn't want anything. I was like, Hey, let's just all go to Vegas together. Like, let's go. So we go, we're going to go see Kevin Hart and like all this stuff. And so I'm flying back on this, the 18th. Uh, from Vegas from our bowl game and then a week and a half later flying back out for New Year's and I'll be wow so uh, I have never been to Vegas but I will be in Vegas twice in December I'm I'm very just that's there's a lot of fun to be had do you guys as part of your stuff are you guys going to are you going to Cirque du Soleil shows are you doing some magic stuff like because that's part of the bowl game is you get to do fun stuff there's so much fun stuff to do in Vegas absolutely I'm so glad I'm so glad we got Vegas you know um you could have gotten Shreveport. Instead, you're going to Vegas. Who can complain yeah, about that? Yeah, you're going to be in Birmingham. Yeah, or, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, absolutely. Um, we're going to have fun. And, you know, Coach Napier talked about it. Like, you know, these past couple of days have been our real work days. Like, you know, get the work in right now before we leave. You know, we're going to go out there. We're going to we're gonna work. But, you know, it's I know I, from previous bowl experiences that, you know, you go out there and you're trying to bond with the guys and have a good time but still work. But, don't get it twisted at all. Our, our real goal out is to go out there and, you know, put it on Oregon State um, and show no mercy and go. go out. It's going to make it a lot more fun if we go out there and dominate them and, uh, you know, have a commanding victory. And that's that's the, definitely the main goal out, out of everybody. But we're definitely going out there and have some fun, um, you know, one last time with this group of guys. But now we're going to go out there and have one more amazing time, amazing week as a 2022 team. Okay, last question, and maybe there's not a good answer for it. Uh, the because one of the things I love about Vegas is great magic shows. Love magic. What I want to know the best magic trick you've ever seen, or maybe can you do any magic tricks? That maybe you can do magic tricks. I don't know. Um, the best magic trick I've ever seen was this card trick, and I, there's some math to it. Like you put like this guy had put like four card. Like you pulled a card out of the deck, and then you put it back in. He put it like a bunch of different piles. Like mm -hmm. you, you, you just pick out another card and i don't know at the end of it all he somehow had the card that i chosen after the deck had been shuffled and everything i had no clue how it happened but um no i'm i'm really i actually just watched uh i don't know if you see it uh vegas vacation oh i love vegas vacation yeah i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a big fan of all those movies and so i literally watched it last night just I watched it <laughs> a thousand times but the, i was like i need to see a magic show because when he gets turned into the tiger i'm like yeah. I need to do something like that yeah. so 100 percent um, my uncle knows that magic trick you just described with the cards and he says he's going to teach me, um, before he dies, he's almost 80. So like times, yeah, time's he, running he, low. I, I knew that it was just like, it wasn't like someone who'd been like, it was like one of my friend's friends. Like, I'm like, I know right. you've been doing magic. Like how, how did you do it? Cause I'm confused. Right. If you could do it, I should be able to figure, yeah, yeah, I should I, be able to figure this I out. I tried to learn it at one point, but I could never get it. Um, so I, whatever <laughs> I do, I, I would just like spread the cards and kind of like. I would just like before I'd spread them, I'd look at them under the table. Yeah. 
Okay, remember memorize all the middle ones. Guess out of one, and like every one out of ten times, I get it right. He's not going to get me this time. He's not going to get me. Right. Um, well, John, listen, thank you so much for your time. We hope you have fun and a great time in this first trip to Vegas. We hope the next one is also fun. Congratulations yeah. on making it to twenty-one. And uh, yeah, we wish you a lot of luck, and we hope to talk to you again in the future. Absolutely, I appreciate you. And that's going to do it for this week's show. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Gator Tales wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review to help us continue to grow. Be sure to keep track of all of the orange and blue action by visiting FloridaGators.com, then come back here every Thursday during the athletic season for an all-new episode. Until then, I'm Adam Schick. Thank you so much for tuning in to Gator Tales. Gator Tales.